It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast for 2023, available every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and of course, wherever you get your good podcast from. It's a Friday morning, it's rolled around, it is the 20th day for January for 2023, and coming up this morning, now we're going to be having a look at property investments and how to see a lemon from the distance and not from up close when it runs you over. Nobody wants to experience that. In fact, uh, we'd much rather instead be experiencing a trip to New Zealand with great food, scenery and a getaway time walking on some iconic tracks and soaking up the Kiwi atmosphere. This sounds pretty good. It sounds like the place to be. Rich Harvey, who went, who saw, who tasted and is now back in it for another year for 2023. Good morning, Rich. How was it? Good morning, Craig. It was fantastic. Yes, I did uh, fly across the ditch and uh, enjoyed the sights and sounds and spectacular scenery. I was, I've been told that the North Island is beautiful, but the South Island is majestic. And it certainly was. We, we um, did a 70 kilometre hike called the Queen Charlotte Trek, right from Ship's Cove, right through to Anakiwa. Uh, we got some rain, we got some sun, we got all, oh, everything was thrown at us, but uh, it, was a, it was a great challenge and very beautiful walk. We really loved it. Came back rejuvenated. Lucky you, and Rich is going to join us in just a moment. But first, let's have a look at the birthday lineup today for Jan 20. If you're celebrating your birthday, happy birthday, Buzz Aldrin. He is still going. He's turning 92 today. Bill Mayer is turning 66, and Frank Lampard is turning 44, the English footballer. Informing you every morning from 6:30 with the latest real estate property news, seven days a week, only on the. Real Real Estate Breakfast. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. And let's head around the country and have a look at our Friday weather. Sydney expecting partly cloudy skies, should be mainly dry with 24. Mostly sunny in Melbourne today with 23. In Brisbane expecting a possible shower, well a 40% chance of it. Cloudy skies with 27. And in Perth today the sunshine continues. It's going to be hot too with 35. We are just as addicted to property as you are. Every weekday morning from 6.30. Let's Talk Property, a podcast series with Rich Harvey. Well, property investments can be an exciting and rewarding journey. It can also be fraught with challenges and risks. And I guess the difference between a successful outcome and a loss comes down to your asset choices. And jumping in to buy an investment without understanding what drives growth and returns, many experts will tell you is both dangerous and reckless. So to help us understand all of this, we have Rich Harvey back from his trip from Buyer's Advocate and CEO of propertybuyer.com.au to share his experiences. And Rich, how do most people approach the idea of buying an investment property? Where's the best place to start? 
Look, a lot of people, Craig, put more effort into their holiday plans than they do into buying a home or investment property. So my advice is to turn that around. You're going to be buying literally a business. You're not just buying an asset, you're buying a cash flow. So the most important thing you need to do is to take a strategic approach and working out your goals and ask yourself, are you chasing capital growth? Are you chasing positive cash flow? What is going to be the thing that is going to be the most important to you? And there's no one size fits all when it comes to an investment proposition. It's going to be determined by your financial goals, your financial position, how much you can borrow. All of those are going to come into play. Don't get swayed by glossy brochures and slick marketing material and buying a shiny off the plan type property and people telling you it's the best thing since sliced bread. The way to start is to look at three broad categories when you're considering making a property investment. And these are firstly, location, secondly, market drivers, and then thirdly, the individual property features. They're the three sort of broad factors that I build my whole top 20 criteria around. Okay. And what do you think are the most critical factors that property investors need to be thinking and considering before making an investment decision? As I mentioned, number one is location, location position. That's the fundamental thing that's going to drive the capital growth of your future investment. So picking a mediocre suburb or something that's too far out, it's going to really be an inferior investment. So you've got to ask yourself, what is prompting buyers? to come into this area? And more importantly, what's going to increase future demand in that position? Second thing you've got to look at is the price or the affordability of the investment. Now, you should never make an investment purely just on price. Price is is a reflection of the demand and the supply of that particular asset. And, you know, there's a lot of suburbs that we call bridesmaid suburbs, you know, the, the fringe suburbs around the core suburbs that you can possibly afford to get in. Instead of getting into the main blue chip suburb, you might be able to by a clear neighbour and that can really deliver some spillover growth. And the third thing you've got to look for when we talk about location, Craig, is also the yield. So this is the amount of rent that the property is going to spin off. So yield is is calculated by dividing the annual rental income by the property purchase price times uh, times a hundred. So as a as a broad rule of thumb, um, in this this sort of day and age, you should be aiming for at least a four to five percent yield to basically cover most of the mortgage repayments. But location, price, and yield, or the cash flow, are three fundamental things you've got to look at before you decide on the dotted line. Yeah. And what about population growth, Rich? Because the figures for population, the demographic factors, they're all pretty important factors when buying a property. Oh, 100%, Craig. Look, if you had to dumb down you know, the criteria into three things, it's as easy as pi. P is population growth, I is infrastructure, and E is employment opportunities. Now, population is going to determine whether there's ongoing and continuing demand that helps to drive prices forward. So if you do a full analysis of the demographics of an area, it's going to tell you the cultures and people that are buying in there, their age and sex distribution, and, and the sort of their age brackets. That's going to be really important. The other thing is the economic drivers or the employment drivers. So people need to be earning a decent income to afford to pay the rent. So you want to be buying in areas where there's a diverse range of employment opportunities. You don't want to be buying in areas where there's just one employer in a mining town. And another factor to consider with demographics is what I call the ratio of owner-occupiers to renters. So if you buy in an area where there's like at least 60% investors or, or renters in that area, there's going to be a lot of competition 
competition from other investors, and that'll depress the rents. Whereas if you buy in an area that's got 80% owner occupiers, then there's only a small pool of rental properties, and they'll typically be in hot demand. And you also, the other corollary to that is you tend to find that the owner occupiers take better care of their property than the tenants. So the streetscape and the appeal will also be higher in those higher owner occupier suburbs. Mm. And what about some of the key market indicators that you think are the most relevant, like vacancy rates or days on market? Yeah, good point, Craig. So vacancy rates are critical one. So vacancy rate describes the percentage time that a property is sitting idle and doesn't have a tenant in place. So typically, uh, a balanced market will see a vacancy rate of somewhere between two and three percent. If it's below two percent, then you find that it's very much a landlord's market that the tenants are competing with each other. But it's above three percent, then it's more a renter's market. The days on market that just simply describes the number of days that a property is sitting on the market listed for sale before it sells. So you want to be buying in areas that doesn't have a 100 days on market, for example. Like there are some suburbs in Darwin earlier in the year that had over 100 days. So you want to be buying in areas that sort of got you know 40 to 30 days on market. So it's it's the turnover is fairly quick. Another couple of factors to consider, Craig, is stock on market. That's the number of properties that are actually available for sale in an area, and it's expressed as a percentage of the total properties available within that area. So you typically find that the stock on market will be somewhere between one to 2%, but if you've got like 5% or 10% of the properties for sale, there's probably good reason for that, and there's probably something wrong with that suburb. The other two factors with the markets is vendor discounting. That's the, the difference between the asking price and the actual selling price. You'll find that in a, in a buyer's market, the amount of discount you can get is quite strong, but in a selling market, you'll find that you're not able to get much discount. The other two factors to consider are auction clearance rates and online search interest. Um, now, auction clearance rates are generally a reasonable guide, but I wouldn't put too much credence on them because they are very location specific. But online search interest is definitely a good one to look at. It shows you just how many people are clicking on particular areas. Very, very useful guide. And I guess as first-time investors will think to themselves, uh, should they consider a property that needs major renovation? It's something that you know everybody sort of wonders: is that a good idea? Oh, look, it is a good idea, but you know, just make sure you have a good cold shower before you bite off more than you can chew. You know, adding value is a great idea, um, but if you're a first-time investor, just go in with your eyes wide open because so many people, Craig, overcapitalize on their properties. They put in too much. Uh, value into the property relative to the rents you can get from it. So talk to a local property manager and find out if you were to do certain things, what will it deliver? Like I'm doing a reno on one of my properties at the moment and we're repainting and uh, putting on some new blinds and a few things, but I don't need to rip out the kitchen or the bathrooms because they're fine. I could go and spend another 30 or 40 grand, but I don't need to. It's not going to enhance the rent uh, because they're in quite good condition. The other thing to think about, Craig, when you're buying a property is what I call the uniqueness value. Um, the last thing you want to buy is an off-the-plan one-bedroom apartment when there's 500 of the same things sitting in the same suburb. You're much better to get something that's got some uniqueness value. If you can, get some more land content in the property and buy something that's going to be attractive to both owner-occupiers and to renters in the future. It's really important to look at the zoning and make sure that you're not going to be swamped by um, industrial buildings being built next door. Or on the flip side, you could be lucky and be buying in an area that's going to get rezoned for higher density, which could actually increase the value of your property. So it might mean that it goes from an R2 
to an R3 or R4 zoning, that's a low density to a medium or higher density. And all of that can actually deliver you a really great windfall profit. Um, and the other thing to think about is proximity to amenities. You know, you want to be within walking distances of great cafes, shops, all those kind of things that really adds to the appeal and the community of the local area. Definitely want those R2, R3s going in your favour, that's for sure. Having a look at some key physical features of a good property investment, what would you suggest? Yeah, this is probably the, the last thing to consider. So many people walk into a property and go, oh, I don't like the carpet or I don't like the colour of the walls. As I said, you've got to go back to the fundamentals and look at the location and the drivers of property demand. But actually looking at the physical features is a good thing. And that's sort of I mentioned the last thing. So look at the age and condition of the property. Um, look at how much maintenance it's going to require. So like a weatherboard home, say it's a Queenslander, it'll require painting every five to seven years. Whereas a brick veneer home uh, doesn't need any maintenance on the outside, apart from painting the eaves and fixing the doors, etc. So make sure you get a good building inspector to give it a thorough look over before you you buy it. Also look at the floor plan and its functionality. You know, as you walk through the home, how does the layout make you feel? Does it feel claustrophobic and like a rabbit warren or does it really have a beautiful layout? Bedrooms are separated from the entertaining areas. You've got good flow, goes out to an entertaining area, has it got good natural light? All of those things really add to the rental return and the future capital growth. And look at the construction type. Uh, as I mentioned, is it is it timber? Is it wood? Is it concrete? Is it fibro, weatherboard? All of that plays into the long-term maintenance costs. And lastly, you look at the finishes and inclusions. Um, so many people in the past would buy, buy a home on the basis of whether it had Smeg appliances or Miele appliances. Look, those things could be fitted in and fitted out, um, but they are important um, in terms of getting really good quality rental. So things like stone bench tops, timber floors, stainless steel surfaces, they're really nice to have if you can afford them. Just make sure when you're buying the property that all of the inclusions are ticked on the contract. So you want a property that's got appeal, uh, but if you don't want to sort of have that maintenance factor in the future, really buy something that's going to have really good longevity and maintain the wear and tear of tenants living inside it. Yeah, well, investors listening to the podcast right now are going to be thinking, gee, I need to get myself better educated on what to look for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, you know, we've only covered it really, really briefly today, Craig, but on my website on propertybuyer.com.au, you can download the full description of my top 20 criteria. I've also got a number of other great assets there. We've got uh, on-demand recordings from webinars and podcasts uh, in the past that we've done. And I think just reading a lot of great books, talking to other people, having a chat to my great team of buying agents, um, they're really there to help you make a much better decision. And that's really our mandate in life is to help people make good and wise property decisions to really set them up for the future and their retirement. All right. Good on you, Rich Harvey, fresh back from your holiday, attacking us with all sorts of information. Enjoy your Friday. Have a great weekend, Rich, and catch up soon. Thanks so much, Craig. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, The Real Estate Podcast. 